We were in a conversation about building our spiritual lives intentionally. And tonight I want to talk to you about how the Holy Spirit, this is Pentecost Sunday today, right? I want to talk to you about how the Holy Spirit helps us overcome our sensitivities while making us sensitive in the right way. I don't know if you know anybody who can't take a joke. Or maybe you're that person who likes to dish it out, but doesn't like to get it back. There's already a lot of ministry happening right now and I haven't even started. I know for me personally, there are some things I can handle and some things I just get bleak about. Some things we get really sensitive and some things we're thick-skinned about. One of the reasons why you need the Holy Spirit is that if you don't have the right guidance on when to be thick-skinned and when to be sensitive, you might pick up offenses or skip something God is desperately trying to say to you. You've got to cultivate this ability to be sensitive in the right way. You don't want to be overly sensitive so that at the first sign of a plant you kill, you break down into emotional tears and can't recover. Many of my friends would be permanently crying if they, if they did every time they ruined a plant. I've taken to buying some of my friends plastic plants and even those are at risk. On the other hand, if somebody keeps whom you trust raising something with you and you're not picking it up, have you ever met somebody who just doesn't get a hint? No matter how many, okay, right now, somebody is looking at somebody and that worries me because I don't know if this is their way of saying, I've been trying to tell you now for some time. Now we are here in church. Now the pastor has to reinforce what I'm saying to you. Some people just can't get a hint. That could be a dangerous thing when the, Holy, when the Lord rather is trying to steer you, grow you or mentor you and you're not picking up what he's putting down. There's a necessity for us to regroup on the issue of understanding our sensitivities. Some years ago, I still get nervous about this every time I uh, eat a pancake. Many years ago, I, I can't quite tell you how many, some of you weren't born. Some friends played a prank on me. It was at a church gathering on pancakes. Are we selling pancakes at the moment? Just not tonight. Not tonight. You sold out this morning? Uh, because we send pancakes to get kids to a holiday club. But, but excuse me, and, and leaders, uh, have you asked the guys to turn the um, headsets off? Okay, they know what they're doing. Alrighty, because uh, I can hear there's some talking. So here's what they did. They made a pancake for me that was a lovely pancake. I thought it was hearty. I felt it was also it was also chunky and warm and it had caramel and banana in it. But as my friends gave it to me and I ate it, they all started laughing. And I wondered what had happened. Turns out they had put a tissue in the pancake while making it and just rolled it in. And I ate it. <clears throat> now, this is not a recommendation. This is not a recipe on how to make a pancake chunkier. It was just a cruel trick that somebody played on me in order to see how much I would enjoy it. And what they had pleasure in was to say, what's it like? I'm trying to be a nice guy, a sort of pastoral guy. You made me a pancake. I mean, 
you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of pancake, but I'm not going to say anything. I said, best pancake, nicest pancake. Whoever made this knows their thing. Great pancake. And for weeks afterwards, I was reminded that I had eaten tissue paper. I told them I was clean on the inside and on the outside. They didn't believe me. I, and I was annoyed. It wasn't long, though, that I got my own back. We stopped doing pranks like this. It's not a good idea amongst believers because believers don't know when to stop. So don't start a pranking ministry in the church. It, the believers don't know when to stop. But I had my own turn, the details of which shall remain for another night. No, no, we can't, we can't. You've got to come back. Here's the challenge. Without the Holy Spirit at work in our hearts, the challenge is that we will be overly sensitive in the wrong things and insensitive in the things God wants us to teach, to teach us. Matthew chapter 21 says, here another parable. Jesus is saying, there was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it and built a tower and he leased the vine, it to vine dressers and went into a far country. This passage of scripture tells you some of the components you need for a good spiritual life. And the one I'm focused on tonight is a hedge. Do you know whether you are protected by the hedge or presence of the power of the Holy Spirit? I know that many of us have bumper stickers or used to have bumper stickers on our cars that said, protected by Psalm. Yes, there we go. Some old school believers. There is a Psalm that says, the Lord is my protection and my help. There were some cheesy bumper stickers in my day. That was one of them. The cheesiest one was, and I had it on my car at one stage. I'd like to apologize now. But the cheesiest one was, in case of rapture, this car will be unmanned. I know it's bad. I know it's very bad. It's not helpful at all to anybody. But you know, the Holy Spirit is promised to us as a hedge of protection. And it's our responsibility to ensure that that is in place and that we conduct ourselves wisely. Job chapter one says this, the devil is complaining that Job's life is too good. And look at how he describes it. He says, have you not made a hedge around him? He's complaining to God. Have you not made a hedge around him and his household and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hand and his possessions have increased in the land. Do you know that the privilege of the believer is to have the presence of the Holy Spirit provide a hedge of protection around your life. That's why the Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. There is, it is not about what comes at you. It's about the fact that God has encompassed around about you. You are covered. Now, some Christians like to uh, use very dramatic terms, covered by the blood and all of that. I personally find that quite stressful language, especially if you're not a Christian. You know, if you're not a Christian, you come to church and the people are praying the blood over things, you get very stressed. At least I, I did. But truthfully, it's not actually the blood of Jesus on the cross saves my soul, but the power of the Holy Spirit over my life protects my life. I'm in fact covered by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And all of us need to cultivate a good sense 
of spiritual sensitivity and then at the same time, get over things that God wants us to get over. Perhaps tonight, there are some things you just need to get past. Maybe I need to eat a pancake to prove that I'm over it. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. Just giving myself, giving myself a reason to eat a pancake. Is my voice getting a little bit huskier as I, as I go? You know, I so wish I could keep this voice, but it's the product of laryngitis. I kid you not. Deuteronomy 29, that's better. Deuteronomy 29 verse 5 says, Yet the Lord said during the 40 years that I led you through the wilderness, your clothes did not wear out, nor did the sandals on your feet. You ate no bread, you drank no wine or fermented drink. Uh, I, I did this so that you might know that I'm the Lord your God. Uh, this is an amazing little scripture. It just simply says, God speaking to Moses and the children of Israel, God's presence was so strong on their lives that things didn't wear out. Now let me tell you, one of the most powerful things about the power of the Holy Spirit in your life is that things don't wear you down. When the presence of God is at work in your life, you have endurance and things don't get at you or grind you down. Whether it's a circumstance, a financial situation, a friendship, or a trouble in your heart or mind, you're not a mental case. God has a way of protecting you against things that wear you down. Tonight, I'm believing that you'll have a miraculous encounter with the Holy Spirit so that you will never feel burdened to the point of breaking down, but instead you'll feel, I have a hedge of protection around my life. You'll be able to confidently say, no weapon formed against me will ever prosper. Proverbs chapter 24 has a warning though. It's an interesting, powerful warning. It says this, one day, it's just a nice proverb, I walk by the field of an old lazy bones. I have a feeling this might be used by someone to someone. And then past the vineyard of a slob, and they were overgrown with, thick, uh, with, uh, with weeds, thick and thistles, all the fences broken down. I took a long look and pondered what I saw. The field preached me. See how circumstances can preach to you? The field preached me a sermon and I listened. A nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day off there. Uh, sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this. That doesn't mean you never take breaks. It simply means spiritually, if I don't pay attention to the fence around my world, the devil will find a gap to take advantage of me. The Holy Spirit is my helper so that I am never left vulnerable. Excuse me, uh, a little bit more water, anyone? No, no, I'll, I'm okay. Thank you. Um, I've got, I think I've got enough. There is a powerful passage of Scripture in Ecclesiastes that frightened me years ago. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 says this, whoever digs a pit may fall into it. And whoever breaks through a wall may be bitten by a snake. I'll tell you why the Scripture is scary. It doesn't say it'll always happen. It just says it might happen. You know you're breaking that fence in your relationship and nothing happens. You cheat a little and nothing happens. You cut corners in something and nothing happens. Until one day, the devil, the snake is waiting for you. And you're maybe here and you're maybe there and you're maybe the next day turns into this time. 
And you know, it's a dangerous thing to let the devil maybe have an opportunity. It's a dangerous thing to let the devil maybe have a gap in the fence. The most powerful thing you can do is to close the walls around your heart and let the Spirit rule the entryways. Only those things which God permits should be permitted into your life. And those things which God rejects should be closed out. Sometimes we're too sensitive to the wrong things and insensitive to the right things. The power of the Holy Spirit is my greatest protection. I've been in a conversation, in a room, in a contract, in a decision, and something in me revolts. And I know the Spirit is guarding my heart. Don't reject that. Sometimes we dull our sensitivities, but we should let the Holy Spirit sharpen them. Do you know that even good ideas are sometimes just not at the right time? And the Holy Spirit has to say to you, not now. One of the most useful things about being Spirit-filled, and that's what Pentecost really encourages us on, is that I don't have to accept other people's ideas for my life. I simply have to ask God, is it your plan, Lord? And is it your timing? Protection over the, of the Holy Spirit over our lives is one of the most powerful tools to building a solid spiritual life. Sometimes, you even have to put your heart before the Lord and ask Him to protect you against yourself. Have you noticed, I mean, we all know the very funny court case thing that happened in South Africa when somebody was being judged for their work performance and the person says, can you please protect me against yourself? Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Yes. Well, sometimes you are your own worst enemy. And I have to ask the Lord, Lord, will you protect me against my own insecurities? I know that without the protection of the Holy Spirit, I'm likely to fail at something. I know that I need the Holy Spirit to empower me and build a hedge of protection around me so that I feel solid in my faith. The question is, how do you know if your walls are built well? And how do you know if there's a breach in the wall somewhere or a snake lurking on the other side, spiritually or figuratively speaking? Well, I have a couple of ideas that I think will help you. First of all, the Spirit attracts things to our lives that He wants us to keep and He repels things from our lives that He wants us to reject. I'll tell you what I mean by this. Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and your heart is warmed? Have you ever read a verse or sung a song and your heart is empowered? God is attracting something into your heart. The opposite is just as true. Have you ever been in a circumstance or a conversation or a situation and it just didn't sit well? Listen to the Spirit. He's rejecting or repelling something from your heart right now. Oh man, I've wished so many times that I would be attracted to the same things that God wants me to be attracted to. Oh, I'm often attracted to the wrong things. I'm attracted to spending. There was too much amening going on there. I'm attracted to spending. I feel bad when I don't spend and I feel better when I do spend. The Holy Spirit has to help me, protect me against 
myself. Can everybody say amen? There were a few of you there. I am at times an emotional eater. Thank you, Cameron. I eat when I have an emotion and I eat when I don't have an emotion. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just has to protect me from myself. I'm learning to listen. Recently on a trip to Cape Town in an attempt not to spend all my savings, I knew the Holy Spirit on a few occasions said to me, leave the wallet at the guest house. I said, but Lord, what if you want to use it? What if you wanted to bless somebody and I wouldn't be able to bless them because we didn't have it? The Lord said we would be fine. Leave it at home. He also taught me if I want to overcome my need to spend, I could do it in another way. Go somewhere, buy some things, give them as gifts. So on a few occasions, while I was in Cape Town, and I invited some friends from the church there to come hang out, I'd buy what they needed. Because it sorted out something in my heart about how I feel about spending. Do it, but do it for someone else. It changes your attitude and you're protected from lack of wisdom. Sometimes I need to be attracted to certain things and I can't find the will. I've placed my Bible in a particular place at my house for weeks. I read the app, well, it reads to me. But I decided I want to read a hardcover actual Bible. You know, like the good old days with a pen and a highlighter. You know what a highlighter? You don't know what a highlighter is. You've never heard of a highlighter. It's a, it's a manual version of copy-paste. And I put it in a certain position. I just couldn't get to it. I just, I just thought a, a book with pages, an app, so much easier. I got this lovely person who reads it to me. But I should start. And one day, I recently woke up. I get up early. Uh, I go to bed early. That's why I get up early, if I'm honest. Got up early and I scrolled through something to watch on YouTube, something to play, some music in the background. And as clear as I'm sitting here, I felt the words of, I felt them because I can't hear them. I felt the words of the Holy Spirit say, you're going to read today. You're going to read that book you put there. I wanted you to do that for a reason. You're going to be attracted to it today. Nothing else. It'll be the brightest thing in the room today. I turned the volume up on YouTube. It wasn't loud enough. The dog started barking. It wasn't loud enough. I turned the kettle on. I made good coffee. It wasn't loud enough. You know why? The Holy Spirit put his finger on something and it became an unquestionable desire to fulfill something God has put in my heart. The Holy Spirit attracts you to certain things. Your lifestyle will change. The things that you used to be attracted to, you will be repelled from. And the things that you thought you would never be interested in, all of a sudden, you're attracted by them. God will change your desires. The people 
that you used to be attracted to. Repel is a big word, okay, okay. But you'll feel a distance to. Those who ran with you in your unsaved thinking will feel a little distant. But the people of God will be drawn to you and you to them. That's the work of the Spirit. Your desires change. Your tastes change. Don't tell me you are what you are. You're still being made. Besides, the old self is dead and the new one has come to life with new desires and new tastes. Secondly, the Spirit stirs some things and settles other things. It's this balance between being sensitive when you need to be and being thick-skinned when you need to be. The Spirit stirs us. I can't rest until some things are sorted out. On the other hand, I don't want to live in a permanent storm and constantly feel like something's undone. I have peace and I am stirred at the same time. Excuse me. I have peace that God is in control, but I am stirred to see South Africa especially and our church in particular and our city in, uh, in particular stirred up for revival. I love that God is doing amazing things in the world, but I am stirred to see Him do amazing things here. I have confidence that God hasn't finished His story in our city. And I want to be part of that story, whatever it is. You can be stirred and settled. Some people are so settled, it's hard to tell they're excited about anything. Just, you know, like that creature There's some or the other frog. When it's winter, it hibernates. It can hibernate for like five years. It drops its heartbeat to one beat a month. And then finally, you know, when the rains come, it springs back to life. Have a heartbeat. Don't let your heartbeat drop so low because you're so disinterested in things. Be stirred. But at the same time, don't be frantic. Don't be stressed while you're being stirred. I'm stirred. I know why God wanted me to read the Bible in hard copy. He wanted me to get up early enough to study it, to start reflecting on some of the words He put in my heart years ago in the format He gave it to me, in the book I wrote it in. I realized it wasn't about the Scriptures. It was the notes I wrote in the margins of that book He was trying to remind me of. And as I paged over and saw, this is for PE, I would have written on the side of the margin and I'd have dated it. You can't do that on an app, but good luck. And I'd read another, this is my desire, God would say in Isaiah, and I'd put down there for PE and I'd date it, 19. (laughs) I can't even finish that. Guys are so rude. Nineteen forty. That was what God wanted to do to stir me. You see, the Holy Spirit doesn't allow us to settle, but He does allow us to be at peace. And I want to encourage you when you're filled with the Holy Spirit to allow Him to stir your heart, and then make sure you don't live in a permanent storm. Finally. The Holy Spirit reveals some things and conceals some things. This is the distinction of the spiritual life. Do you know there are some things I'm glad God never told me at the beginning. I might not have, 
I might not have been as enthusiastic when I first became a Christian. I was told it's going to be the happiest 25 years of your life, the next 25 years. They were right. They just didn't tell me that mixed in there is going to be trials, temptations, giants, weapons of warfare. Me, I came into this thing easy like Sunday morning. I wasn't in it a few weeks and I'm on a battleship. I thought I was on a cruise. I'm on a battleship. The guns are blazing. The devil is attacking. My family's in a state. They thought I joined a cult. My family were more excited when I wasn't a Christian than when I became a Christian. They were like, be normal. Go to a party, get drunk, start a church. Just be normal. It was chaotic. I had no idea. Nobody told me that some of my journey would be uphill. But later I came to discover that the higher you climb, the better the view. And now I quite look forward to the climbs. Sometimes the Spirit conceals some things. Sometimes the Spirit reveals some things. He reminds you of a better picture. And when you let the Holy Spirit remind you of a better picture, something really powerful happens in your life. You hold out for a better picture. You say no to less so that you can say yes to much more later. Are you protected by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit? Do you have a hedge or a fence? Does he have the authority to guard your heart? Is the gate manned well? Can he decide what is attractive to you and what is repulsive to you? Can he decide what stirs your heart and what settles you? Can he decide what to reveal and what to conceal? One of the most important things about the authority, power or presence of the Holy Spirit is this, that I want to be under God's canopy, nowhere else. When the children of Israel were moving out of Egypt into the promised land, God said this to them, wherever my cloud goes, stay under it by day. Wherever my fire is, stay under it by night. Don't drift away. The Holy Spirit is your great protector. He is the hedge around you, a fence that guards you. The enemy can come in like a flood, but the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I want to encourage you not to limit uh, the Holy Spirit to just last resort, but to put him up as a first defense. Don't leave your house without praying, Lord, be my hedge and be my fence. Protect what comes at me and protect what comes out from me. Guard my heart, for from it flows the issues of life. When you think about all the tools you need for a great spiritual life, hedges are important. Don't let people break them down. When I come to church, I'm building another brick in my hedge of protection. I'm going a little taller. I'm making it a little longer. I know I don't have to be very high, but I'm going a little taller. I'm making it a little longer. I'm mending it because sometimes it takes hits. Look at what Ephesians 4 says. I'll wrap up with this verse. It says this. In light of all of this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a 
prisoner of the master, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run on the road God called you to travel. I don't want you to sit around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love, alert and noticing differences and quick at mending fences. Oh, I love that verse. Don't take too long to leave a gap in the fence. Because it won't be long that the devil might put a snake outside and wait to see what might happen. Mend fences. Here's what I mean by that. If there's an offense in your heart, it's a breach in the fence. Fix it. If there's an act of obedience you haven't done yet, get it done because it's a gap in the fence. If you've become too sensitive in something, ask the Lord to put a protection there. If you've become hard-hearted and need to be tender before God, ask Him to make you tender before Him. Some people put up fences before the Lord and open their hearts to the world. Don't do that. Keep your heart open to God and put some protection around your life against the world. There's nothing safer than getting home at night and having a secure property. Lock a door. Release the pit bulls to... <laughs> to to go and help. Somebody is receiving a call from the Lord. Release, release, just letting you know we know. Release the pit bulls. Nothing safer than that. Being encompassed or warmed in that way. Well, I want to encourage you, spiritually speaking, to answer your call. Um, <laughs> it's done. There's nothing quite as heartwarming either as knowing that my soul is safe locked away in the appropriate places, that I have my hedge of protection and I am certain that I can journey confidently. You know, one of the most powerful things, enjoyable things of the spiritual journey is that I don't feel naive about life. Is that possible? I think the person there is calling the person. Do you think that might be happening? You guys should go sort out your fences somewhere now and come back to us and tell us how it's going in this relationship. The next person who gets a call, I'm going to answer and invite them to church. I think that would be the coolest. Uh, uh, I, 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 I wanted to encourage you to, uh, to wrap up in the following. The, the, the joy of having uh, the protection of the Spirit is that I don't have to be naive. I think uh, to avoid uh, the real world is not possible in the world, but not of the world. It's possible to walk into any world industry, any space or sphere in the world and face its darkest characteristics and still win with integrity and victory because although you're out there, your heart is not invested out there. Your heart is invested in kingdom. You can be in the boardroom of a company 
and be insulated by the power of the Holy Spirit against underhanded tactics and against unethical practices. You can get into politics if you feel called to politics. Yes, you can. And you can be insulated from the underhanded methodologies and the destructive forces if you'll let the Holy Spirit be your protection. You can go into a marriage and they can tell you that 50, 60, 70% of marriages end in divorce, not yours. Because you're protected and insulated from the spirit of this world and you operate under the spirit of Christ. You can walk in the real world without being naive and still be fully protected to operate as an agent of the kingdom of God. And I want to encourage you tonight as we pray in a moment that you will receive the protection of the Holy Spirit by His presence. Would you stand with me as we pray? I feel like saying those who received a phone call must especially commit their lives to Christ. I feel that's unfair. Eh? <laughs> I'd like to take a moment to pray over us that we will have received the Holy Spirit in authority. I want you to know that you're protected in the world and not of the world. I want you to know that hedges matter and the Holy Spirit is there to provide them. I want you to be encouraged that whether it's a hedge over your thoughts, you feel like you're going a little crazy, or a hedge over your heart where you feel like you're going a little soft or a little hardened or a hedge around your stuff where you feel like it needs to be anchored and protected. God's available. So Lord, we thank you so much for the power, person and presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for our protection, our hedge, our shield, our fence. Thank you, Lord, that we're not naive to the schemes of the devil, to the ways of the world. We can function in every space and still be insulated and protected by your presence. Lord, tonight where we feel vulnerable, will you make us strong? Where we feel too sensitive, will you toughen us up? When we feel not tender or sensitive enough, will you please Draw us closer. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, would you give God a shout of praise and worship and thank Him for His presence?